Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 5th of May. Pressure is continuing to mount on the federal government to scrap its border ban with India. It comes as the Indian Premier League is suspended indefinitely, with a number of players within the cricket bubble now testing positive to COVID. The cases and deaths continue to increase in India, with the country reaching a grim new milestone, surging past 20 million infections. Australia currently has a Biosecurity Act in place, meaning anyone who returns home from India could be jailed or fined. The Prime Minister says right now his focus is keeping Australia safe and preventing a third outbreak. But Valerie Heath from Australian Lawyers for Human Rights says Australians stuck overseas deserve better. It's a basic Australian principle that we never leave a mate behind. COVID shouldn't change that. It just needs the government to focus more on responsibility to all Australians uh, rather than just political messaging. Meantime, Aussie cricketers and team players are now stranded in India after authorities suspended the IPL indefinitely. Aussie cricketer Pat Cummins is there. He has told Fox Sports the situation has changed dramatically in a matter of weeks. It's awful. It's horrible. Everyone's got stories of their friends and family who have been you know, affected you know, um, family members passing away. So the, the cricket's been a relief as much as anything for, for some of these guys. And yeah, everyone's slightly different, but it's not a great situation. And we'll have more details on the IPL coming up shortly in sport with Brett Thomas. Meantime, hopes of an Australian travel bubble with Singapore getting off the ground have been dealt a blow as the Southeast Asian island nation deals with a COVID outbreak. A cluster of around 40 cases is causing concern for authorities, with them tightening restrictions for locals to try to prevent a new wave of infections from hitting the region. Back home and the Prime Minister will today announce a National Recovery and Resilience Agency aimed at improving our nation's response to disasters like bushfires, floods and cyclones. An initial $600 million will go towards projects such as fireproofing homes and improving telecommunications. The agency was one of the key recommendations of the Bushfire Royal Commission and is set to provide support to help communities rebuild and advise Canberra on how to minimise the risk of natural disasters. And former NRL star Sam Burgess has avoided a conviction after admitting to driving with traces of cocaine in his system. The 32-year-old has pleaded guilty to three traffic offences. He was also driving an unregistered car without a valid licence when he was pulled over in the New South Wales Southern Highlands in February this year. He was ordered to pay a fine just over $1,000 and has been placed on a good behaviour bond for nine months. He'll also have to complete a traffic offenders program. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. And we start in WA this morning and another COVID case has been detected in the state with a man in the town of Collie returning a weak positive test. Health officials say it could be an historic infection and he's being retested as a precaution 
while close contacts are now in isolation. The man recently served his two-week quarantine in Melbourne after returning from Poland. It follows the uncovering of COVID cluster at the weekend, as our reporter Adam Hemmings explains from Perth. Tash, contact tracing connected to that cluster is continuing, but so far there are no other cases. While the WA government is considering if restrictions can ease from this weekend, we'll find out on Thursday if we can take off our face masks and if the limit on crowd numbers will change. But the uncertainty around crowds has forced the Fremantle Dockers to act. They'll be setting up camp on the Gold Coast today with their match against Brisbane this weekend, moved from Optus Stadium to the Gabba. To New South Wales now and another blow for the families of four young children who were killed by a drunk driver in Sydney's northwest. They have been told they won't be allowed a memorial at the crash site. Oatlands Golf Club has rejected a set of designs drawn up by Parramatta Council on behalf of the families because they're too elaborate and would unduly remind neighbours of the tragedy. A reporter, Siobhan Caulfield, is in Sydney and says the families are devastated. Tash, the two families were hoping to place a small bench and four sunken sandstone boulders at the edge of the golf course. In an email to members, the club said the concepts have been well outside the scale of what had been communicated as appropriate and the board has decided to close negotiations. In a joint statement to the Daily Telly, the families say they're devastated by the decision and their proposed commemorative garden simply honours the lives of siblings Sienna, Angelina, Anthony and their cousins. To South Australia now, and a man who was almost killed by a great white shark is yet again counting his lucky stars. He was surfing at Fishery Bay near Port Lincoln when he lost his leg in an attack on Anzac Day in 2015. Chris Blouse lost consciousness a number of times while paramedics performed CPR during the medical evacuation to Adelaide. And our reporter in Adelaide, Sean Maynard, says he's now been granted a legal exemption, allowing him to keep the shark's tooth that was embedded in his surfboard. Yeah, that's right, Tash. It's actually illegal to sell, buy or possess anything that comes from a protected species like the Great White here in South Australia. Chris was pretty keen to hang on to the tooth as a memento from his near-death experience, but the Fisheries Management Act could have seen him cop a final uh, two years jail. His run of good luck has continued, though, uh, because he's been given an exemption by the Minister for Primary Industries. He says it was the least he could do in the circumstances. It's the first time the state's done this as well. Shark attacks survivors say there should always be an exemption made after an attack. Chris plans on taking the tooth to his motivational talks but concedes, well, it's not really a fair trade given he had to give up a leg to get it. Now the latest in business and finance news this morning. We're joined by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. And Scott, good morning. No one was surprised by the Reserve Bank keeping interest rates on hold yesterday as they had their meeting. But they did have some interesting things to say about Australia's ongoing economic recovery. Tash, good morning. They certainly did. And it was all good news, quite frankly, particularly, well, unless you're a saver. So the RBA basically upgraded the growth forecast of Australia for this year from 35 to 4.75%, an astonishing increase, plus keeping keeping it at 3.5% for next year. So those are all good. Uh, and of course, the, the you know, unemployment number now expected to be 4.5% rather than 55 by the end of the year. Those are good things. Unfortunately, though, if you're a saver, they're saying that rates are going to remain on hold until at least 2024, probably the end, they say. Although if you're a mortgage payer, maybe that won't be such bad news after all. Yeah, not good, though, for self-funded retirees. Um, In regards to it's not good news for everyone, though, Scott, flight centres numbers are very disappointing. 
Yes, while the economy recovers, of course, we know the borders remain snapped shut tight and Flight Centre was supposed to hand down what analysts thought would be a loss of about $300 million for the year. That's a pretty large number. It's going to come in closer to half a billion dollars. That loss is just going to be much, much larger than expected. A dividend is off the table until at least next year and possibly longer. So, yeah, while the good news is, is great for the domestic economy, if you're travelling or in the tourism business, not good news at all. Yeah, very tough for those businesses. And we all know everyone's been loving Netflix, especially during lockdown last year. And some interesting stats and news figures with Stan announcing 150,000 of us subscribe to Stan Sport. Yeah, remember, remember the days when we were going to have one streaming service to replace all those bits and pieces? Yes. We've got Netflix, we've got Disney Plus, we've got this, there's so many of them out there. And of course, Stan itself. But Stan Sports since it was rolled out last year, with rugby, of course, being its marquee sport, signed up 150,000 subscribers. So now, goodness knows how many of us have two, three, four, five streaming services. There's plenty out there. Uh, Stan getting its fair share, though, which is good news for Nine Entertainment Company and their shareholders. Yeah, too many streaming services. Thanks so much, Scott. See you soon. Thanks, Tash. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, the IPL, as we reported earlier, has been suspended indefinitely. So where to now for our Aussie cricketers stranded in India? Yes, good morning, Tash. They are effectively stranded. As you said, the competition has been called off. You'd think it'd be unlikely that it would resume. Three teams now have been affected. Two of those involving Australians, Pat Cummins and David Warner. They've both had teammates who have tested positive for COVID. Now, all players have been sent into a four-day lockdown. Of course, they were meant to be in a biosecure bubble, but COVID continuing to leak through. Now, it's believed that some Australians could explore escaping to Dubai or the Maldives. We know Michael Slater escaped there. He was working there as a commentator. Let's hear from Pat Cummins, who says that the situation has dramatically changed over the past week. Up until now, I felt you know, incredibly um, safe and confident in, in the bubble they've created. Yeah, it's a shame that obviously there's been a few cases in the last couple of days, but, you know, for the first five or six weeks we're over here, you know, no hiccups felt incredibly safe. That was on Fox Sports last night, and David Warner shared a heartbreaking Instagram post with his daughters and wife pleading for him to return home, Tash. And another win for the Demons, unbeaten over the last couple of weeks last night. Unbelievable. Yes, they successfully overturned a one-match ban at the tribunal there. Uh, forward Bailey Fritch has been in sensational form, kicked six goals against North Melbourne. He ran into Tom Powell with his elbow, though, but uh, they successfully argued that the young North Melbourne player was pushed into him, so he gets off at the VFL tribunal, though. Uh, Paddy McCartan, not so lucky. The former number one draft pick copping a five-match ban for an off-the-ball hit on a Cats defender, and he's apologised for that shocking incident. I just wanted to let everyone know how sorry I am about what happened, and... I know that through some actions I made on the weekend, I've probably lost some of the respect of people in the footy community and and that's something that I'm really upset about. That's going to have a big impact on uh, his hopes of uh, reviving his career at an AFL club. He'll miss around a third of the season. To the NRL now, Brett and Parramatta has parted company with one of its players by mutual agreement. Is there ever such a thing? Yeah, this is Michael Jennings. Uh, will leave the Eels effective immediately. Does free up some salary cap space. He is, of course, provisionally suspended testing positive to two banned substances. They're trying to uh, re-sign Mitchell Moses at the moment, but he says it's not just about money. It's not about that. It's about where I'm going to play my best footy. I'd rather be happy happy somewhere playing good footy and um, winning games and, than, than money. And uh, Blake Ferguson also seeking a long-term deal with the Eels. All right, Brett, thank you. Thanks, Tash. And it's set to be one of the biggest divorce settlements on record, with billionaires Bill and Melinda Gates announcing they're getting a divorce after 27 years of marriage. 
The Microsoft co-founder and his wife have three children together and have built a fortune worth around 130 billion US dollars. It's believed the couple did not have a prenup. His entertainment reporter Sam Rubin on Nine. Here is how divorce laws generally work in America. Absent a prenuptial agreement, and there's no reason to believe they have a prenuptial agreement, she is entitled to half of what the couple has made during the course of those 27 years together. It's believed the couple will continue to work together with their charitable foundation. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch our latest episode and be across all the breaking news and hot topics as they happen in our brand new talk show, Australia Today with Steve Price, by heading to listener.com or downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.